Welcome to the one and only Circle City Setup with your host and the one and only Zach Griffin. Welcome into Circle City Cinema. Tonight, talking about one of my 10 favorite movies of all time. Scream. All time. Scream. It made my top 10. The 1996 wow. classic uh, directed by Wes Craven. But I had to bring somebody on to talk about it with. I just had to do it. My good friend, Gryson Shaddy. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Who other? Who else are you gonna get for this? Let's be honest. We have we have a connection to it now. We do. We we enjoy the franchise uh, as much as the next people do. Of course, I have to be on for this. And I actually think that you need to tell the story of <laughs> you, me, and Caleb watching this movie. Yeah, I think yeah. Okay, uh, right now I think we or should later? start with that. Yeah, just start. With it. Okay, we'll start with it. Well, I mean, here it is. So, night before my wedding. Okay, mind you, uh, this is I'm getting married on October 9th. So this is October 8th. Okay, so it's spooky season. About a okay. year ago. About a, yes, one year ago, and um, got done with rehearsal dinner. Uh, my good friend or good friend of the show, Caleb Lynn, is in town so he's staying with zach and you know i i ain't got nothing to do you guys don't have anything to do so come over let's watch a movie we don't know what we'll figure it out when we get there so we're looking for something looking for something and all of a sudden we i don't know me and zach just started talking about scream and caleb's like i've never seen it we're like well guess what we're watching it right now watching it so that's what we decided to do. And we've made a pact that uh, if uh, if and when Zach and Caleb get married the night before we are watching Scream, it's going to become a tradition now. It's a tradition now. It's a tradition now. And I can't really point. I've seen a shitload of movies in my lifetime, so I can't really point to why this made the top 10. But it just did for me. It just did. It's probably my favorite slasher movie. Uh, I have a take about the opening scene of this movie that I think is gonna—I think it's gonna surprise you, Bryce. In fact, I'll just okay. say it now. Let's just let's just start off now. Wow, we're just we're just getting into it. You're not let's wasting just start any time. Off hot. No, I don't. I don't give a shit. I okay. think the opening scene of this movie with Drew Barrymore is the second greatest slasher slash horror movie scene, only to the shower scene in Psycho. That's the only scene I would put ahead oh, of it. Okay. Interesting. It's the only scene I would put ahead of it. I don't you hate a, the take. When you, you think of iconic actress. Right. You think of iconic. I could watch this scene on you. I could watch this scene on YouTube again and again, which is weird to say because the man gets gutted. <laughs> and, and so does Drew Barrymore. She also gets gutted. Uh, there's so much going on in the scene. Like she's trying to answer questions to save her own life and to save her boyfriend's life. Her parents are on their way home. Uh, people, the, the ghost face is knocking on the door. We have popcorn on the stove. We have all kinds of shit going on in this scene. And it's perfect. It's a perfect scene. It, it's suspenseful. It, it already gets you on the edge of the seat. Like you're about to scare me and I don't like it. Don't do this to me. And you're going to end up scared anyway. It's good. Ah, man, I'm, I'm going to watch it again. 
I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to watch it again. I, I actually watched... I mean, we still got some time left in October. I can still finish the series, but... By the way, my uh, challenge to watch one scary movie a day this month... Uh, <laughs> I think I made it to 20. I think I made it to 20 movies. You made it pretty far. I will give you an A for effort. Uh, but there's just some days you get home from work and you're just like, I'm going to bed. Or, I'm, I'm just going to sit and watch this game. I, I don't. I can't watch a movie right now. But I, I did. Understand. I did watch Scream Two, and I still have to watch three, four, and five, which I might do this weekend. Who knows? But just buckle in. Just buckle in. But anyway, we'll get into the movie later. Right now, some news. A couple days ago, we got a trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. We get our first official look at Kang the Conqueror. Um, as the Ant-Man villain. Bryce, it looks like of all the flack that the MCU animators have taken, and they've actually defended themselves pretty well, I feel like. Um, this looked pretty good. The animation looked pretty good in this. This is a solid trailer. Good use of Elton John. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited for this movie. I know I know you you are very hyped about that. Um yeah, again, I feel like Marvel is waning. It's waning. I, I Maybe this is the movie to save it, of all things Ant-Man, who, again, I, however you feel about it, I like the Ant-Man films. I think they're good. I think they're funny. I think Paul Fun. Rudd is great. Um, people hate on them. They put them low. I, I'll give you Ant-Man and the Wasp, but Ant-Man 1, come on. They're come fun, on. That dude. Is great. That is, they're, it's they're fun. Crazy. They're low stakes. Ant Man played a massive part in. I mean, without Ant Man, they don't beat Thanos. You know, without without the Quantum Realm, they don't beat Thanos. Right, right. So I, miss me on that. I like Ant Man. I'm down for this film. Um, it'll be interesting to see which Kang we get. I think that's interesting, um, yeah. given you know the stakes of Loki. So I think that's very uh, interesting, but I'm down for it. I'm in. Let's do it. I'm not ready to say Marvel is cooked. Uh, I'm still not totally caught up on on Marvel. I haven't watched Miss Marvel. I haven't watched She Hulk. She Hulk um, sucks. Still haven't seen the Eternals even. But... Me neither. Haven't seen Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> so there yeah, you go. Well, that's that's yeah. where I'm at with you, Feige. Fix yeah, it. I'm missing much fix it although it does to that point now that you bring up feige it does seem like he's trying to fix things at least on the fly because all the stuff with the blade movie you know firing the writers basically starting from scratch yeah even mahershal ali apparently didn't like where the movie was which if your star doesn't like it probably not a good uh, sign yeah you're in trouble you're in trouble but i'm not ready to say marvel's cooked like i said because Still got Feige. I think the multiverse can be something really cool. We've already seen a little bit of it in in Spider Man and and uh, in Loki and Doctor Strange, obviously. So they're putting a lot of stock in this guy, which brings me to my segue to Creed Three, starring Jonathan Majors. Oh, that was very nice. That was very nice, actually. Yes, Jonathan Majors, who is going to play the villain in Creed Three, which got a trailer, I believe, last week. Or two weeks ago, um, Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut, mm-hmm. Creed Three. Mm-hmm. Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone not in the movie. 
uh, which I'm fine with actually. Let yeah. let uh, let Adonis Creed have his own his own spotlight here. Yeah. So, what'd you make of this trailer? I like what Majors what the role seems like it's gonna be. I know what's crazy. Yeah, I, I like it too. I think the plot is interesting. I know, I'm such a sucker for these. I'm a sucker. I know exactly what the movie's gonna be. I know how it's gonna play out. But yet, I'm gonna go watch it. I'm gonna be inspired, like every single Rocky movie there is. But I'm gonna enjoy it. It's gonna be awesome. I'll probably go see it in the theaters. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm that much of a sucker. Me too. It's gonna make a lot of money. And speaking of segues, like the Rocky series did a great segue into the Creed franchise. Yeah. It was a nice, like, it's an original story, you know, same formula, but I like the focus on Apollo's son. I've always liked these movies. The first one I thought was great. The second one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're creative with it, at least. The, it, it does. It. it is, but it isn't, because it kind of follows... Some of those, you know, the same storylines, some of the same villains, you know, like, all right, come on, Drago's son, okay. I like that. I actually like that. I like Drago's son. I like that part of it. Do you really? You don't think it's cliche or just lazy? I mean, they're playing into the hand of, you know, guys that are our dad's ages, you know, who were around for whichever one that was. Rocky four. Yeah. Rocky yeah. Five. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. I'll go with it. I'll go with it. Plus Dolph Lundgren's not doing shit nowadays. Give him hey, something to do. Got a nice little check out of that. I'm sure. Yeah, he did. So I actually like Creed two. I saw that one in the theater. I didn't see the first one in the theater. I actually have no recollection of the first one coming out. I just remember hearing about it, but I don't remember it coming out or, or anything like that. I know I took it. I know I saw at least the second one because Abby went, was down to go see it when we were dating. She just wanted to see Michael B. Jordan. Well, of course. Which is fine. That's fine. I just I just wanted to go see the movie personally. <laughs> just want to see some ass beatings. Yeah, that's it. I just want to see some see. good boxing, you know? Side note, Jonathan Majors, just in the last two years, some things he starred in. The Five Bloods. Great war movie on Netflix if you haven't seen it. I need, still need to watch that. The Heart of They Fall, also on Netflix. And now, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Creed 3. And of course, he was in Loki. So, he seems to be one of the main focal points of this next phase of the MCU, which I'm down for it. I'm down yeah. for it. Uh, now, some DC news. So, some massive waves in the DC universe. In terms of the movies, Henry Cavill, our boy Henry Cavill, Bryce, confirms yes. he is returning as Superman in the DC Extended Universe. His quote on Instagram, a very small taste of what's to come, my friends. The dawn of hope renewed. Thank you for your patience. Mm. It will be rewarded. Talking about his little cameo in Black Adam, which I'm sure everybody knows about now. But I didn't know that. Thanks. Bullshit. Bullshit you didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I actually didn't know. Bullshit you didn't know. No, I didn't know. I swear we've talked about it. No. <laughs> yes, we have. I swear we have. Cuck. No, you cucked me. You cucked me. No, he, he has a cameo okay. in the credits. Oh, that, oh, thanks. I didn't know where. I didn't know when. Yeah. I didn't know he was in it. Of course it's in the credits. Where else would it be? 
But Bryce, the plan is actually to center the DC universe around Superman, which why they weren't doing this in the first place, we'll never know. James Gunn has been named one of the leaders of the initiative to bring DC basically back from the dead. Big time news. A four-year contract exclusively with DC. Um, Bryce, if you, I'll start off with a question here. What do you most want to see Cavill Superman in next? Could it be Justice League 2? Could it be Man of Steel 2? Could it be a, a Black Adam crossover, perhaps? What do you want? I would rather see a Man of Steel 2. I, I want to see what's what's going on, you know, and how he's back from the dead. Okay, I want to see what he's doing. I turned you life. on Man of Steel. I turned well, you. Yeah, it was better than I remember. That's for sure. Um, I don't think that you can just jump into a Justice League 2 right away not to mention you haven't even tapped anyone for to lead that project although it should be Zack snyder but um yes it definitely should be man of steel 2 first and i and honestly i think if it's man of steel 2 i think it's an audition again for Zack snyder not that he needs an audition but i think with a new with new guys spearheading the dc universe i think it could be a tryout i'm glad they brought him back there's actually because there was a lot of controversy like earlier this year even that he wasn't he was done playing superman uh which was weird because he had he had a faceless cameo in Shazam and from what i understand he also had a faceless cameo in Peacemaker yes which is just weird that it was faceless but i agree with you i'd probably want it to be a man of steel 2 um obviously i'd want Zack Snyder to direct that uh, like he did the first one. I turned you on the first one. I know yeah. I did. I know I did. That's a great movie. God, it's a great movie. It's aging so well. It's aging so well. I see so many people on Twitter on my feed being like, Man of Steel, it's, a, it's one of the top 10 origin stories of all time. It's like, yeah, it is. It yeah, is. I mean, it's pretty dang good. I saw that in theater. That was great. Uh, here's some stuff from this massive article that The Hollywood Reporter wrote. Uh, the Rock, say what you will about The Rock. Uh, he wants a Black Adam versus Superman movie, which I saw Black Adam. I'll talk about it a little bit later here. It was all right. Uh, as like I told Bryce, it was a six and a half out of ten. It was fine, um, but I don't. This is not the next thing I would want to see Superman in at all. I'm not and even a Warner Brothers. I'm, I'm not even like slightly curious. No, me neither. Me neither. Uh, WB has an intense desire uh, for Man of Steel 2. And um, they're actually having Christopher McQuarrie, who has directed the last couple of Mission Impossible movies, uh, to write the script. Of course, he worked with Henry Cavill on Mission Impossible Fallout. Bryce, what do you think of that? I like, I actually really liked Fallout. I think that's been the best installment of Mission Impossible since they've resurrected it. Um, back when they, when was it Ghost Protocol? Was that the one that kind of revived it? 
Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's been the best one so far. So I'm down. I'm down for it. Down for it as well. The guy's great. He's a great writer. I believe he wrote them too. I think he might have written those movies. But uh, a, a little fact here that I found Henry Cavill and The Rock have the same agent. <sighs> Miss me. So if they wanted to do that uh, movie. I'm actually kind of shocked that The Rock has an agent. He seems like a guy who does his own negotiating, doesn't he? Yeah, or he like handed off to his ex-wife's company or something. <laughs> Danny Garcia. I, they're really good business partners. I'm I'm not even joking when I say that. They own XFL together. I know. Which honestly respect. Respect. Seriously, seriously, dude. Go go look how much they have done a lot together, despite being divorced. Respect. So there's that respect uh and now some batman news ah we love um, good batman news the, the pattinson the pattinson batman let me be clear uh which actually news came out today that it's uh not the second one is not going to come out until 2025 disgusting the earliest. disgusting so warner brothers discovery fuck you uh this is from the same report as well. Matt Reeves is quietly making his own expansion plans. Reeves is developing a sequel to his The Batman, which grossed a respectable $771 million worldwide. Respectable. When it was released in March. Yeah, respectable. It's shabby. It's shabby. Already, of course, we knew this. Colin Farrell's Penguin series is on its way to filming next year. But Reeves is plotting more. The filmmaker is meeting with writers and directors to build out movies focused on Batman's rogues gallery, both established and more obscure, with characters ranging from the Scarecrow to Clayface to Professor Pig. All these projects are in the very early stages of gestation. So, Okay, help me with Rice. Professor Pig. <laughs> Professor Pig. So if you played the Arkham games, he showed up in the last one. Arkham Knight, and he's basically this, like, butcher. He's basically just a butcher. And he wears a pig's head on his head. And he just kidnaps people and and butchers them, basically. From what I remember from the game. Oh, okay. So, it would fit the serial killer theme that the Batman kind of... It's a cute little name. Professor Pig with a Y. It's cute. Yeah. It's kind of cute. <laughs> personally, me personally, I would like to see Mr. Freeze just because I think that character needs a revival uh, from its last Giancarlo Esposito. I would love that. That'd be, uh, where'd you, you pull that out of your ass? Yes. Though that's great. That's awesome. That's a great <laughs> one. I would love to see that. <laughs> what about Cranston? Cranston? He's already played one bald character. I can see it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. No, I'm not feeling that no. one. Esposito would be great. Who are you looking for? Not Mr. Freeze. You can't say Mr. <laughs> Freeze. Who am I looking Clayface, for? Clayface, I think, would be interesting. Clayface would be interesting. Clayface, I don't know, man. I just don't buy his, his villainous. Like, I'm just like... The shapeshifter? Meh. Meh. What I don't do know. I'm kind of interested on this Professor Pick thing now, but... um. Uh, yeah. Another one is there's this character called Hush who uh, was a childhood friend of Bruce Wayne 
Yeah, I know. And I know him. Yes, I think that could be a good mystery one as well. I'd be curious to know what they do with the Scarecrow because I don't feel like Scarecrow was done justice in the Nolan trilogy. Really? Yeah, I do. I don't. Why? Why don't, I don't know. Why don't I want so? a little more backstory. A little more backstory. A little more fleshing out of the character. That's just me. Cast Scarecrow right now. What? Cast Scarecrow right now. Cast Scarecrow right now? Yeah. Who do you want to be Scarecrow? Um... Man, dude, put me on the spot now. See, man, I pull one out, and now, and now you put me on the spot. With Let's it. see you pull another one. Um, Let's go. Clive Owen. Caleb Lynn. Caleb Clive Lynn Owen. Scarecrow. Clive Owen, wow. I think that would I be like interesting, that. wouldn't it? Yeah, it might be interesting. It's not bad. It's not bad. I'm trying to think. Gerard Butler, I think, would be interesting too. What, say what you will about him; like he always plays the hero. I want to see if he can play villain. Clive Owen, wow! I'm trying to think here, Scarecrow, because you, you need somebody creepy. Like Cillian Murphy did a great job. Yeah, he did. I'm not he, saying he, he was, was great... bad. I just I don't feel I feel like the character could have been better. I know what you're saying. I mean, in The Dark Knight Rises, he was basically used as like a bit. He was a bit character, literally. I'm trying to think here. Who would be a good, like, crazy doctor? Oh. Jim Carrey in a serious role? Pass. I think he'll pass. pass. Another Batman. He'll pa- oh, yeah. Shit. Forgot. Come on, Zach. Forgot about that. It's a very forgettable movie. Get off my ass. <laughs> Damn it. There's somebody. Honestly, Paul Dano. Paul Dano yeah. do it again. <laughs> can he play them all? Is that possible? Uh, can he play them all? Can he play them all? <laughs> Liev Schreiber? That'd be good. I also think like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal could be interesting. Has a doctor. Yeah, He's got a doctor face. He doesn't necessarily have to be creepy, you know? Actually, yes. Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. Elijah Wood? Get him back in the back in the mix here? Do you think Brendan Fraser could? Brendan Fraser? He actually might be a good Professor Pig. Oh, Professor that would Pig's be kind creepy, of a, dude. A bulky that, guy. That would be that would be weird. That would weird me out, man. Brendan Fraser, man, making a comeback. Absolutely, happy making for a him. comeback. I like it. I'm here for it. So, Batman Two, unfortunately, uh, not until 2025 at the earliest. So that kind of sucks. But at least we know we're getting it. Um, things we've seen lately. Uh, I'll go first. I saw Black Adam on Tuesday. Uh, this past Tuesday, it was fine. Like I said, six and a half out of ten. Not clamoring to watch it again. Um, it's fine. It was a fine movie. <laughs> Bryce, what do you got? Um, so I watched uh, ET. Uh, with the lovely yeah. Abigail. <clears throat> she had never seen it before. Uh, she liked it. Um, let me tell you guys. Again, they don't make stories like this anymore. Steven Spielberg's he, Steven S- Spielberg knows how to tell a dang story. John Williams know how knows how to make a score. My goodness. So good. 
and young Drew Barrymore. Full circle here, Zach. Young Barry- Drew Barrymore. Yeah. So, dude, I, I love that movie. It's great. I own it in 4K. Looks awesome. Um, if you're a 4K guy like me, must own. It's a must own. E.T. shit faced. Yes, on Coors. <laughs> Him and Cooper will get along. Cooper drinks yeah, Coors. They, oh, yeah, they have a lot in common. Yeah, they, they would get along. It's got a better body. Uh, Cooper, E.T. <laughs> Cooper catching face. Not even on here to defend himself. Sorry. Same hairline. Sorry, Same hairline. Same hairline. <laughs> uh, we got Halloween ends. Me and the lovely Abigail. My lovely Abigail. Uh, we went and saw Halloween ends. <laughs> I watched honest, this as well. The, yeah, it's one of the lesser in the franchise. It's one of the lesser installments. Um, I thought the good. two that came kills were good. Uh, pretty brutal. I thought the two that came before it were better. Uh, I th- like Halloween Kills. I thought at least had good action. And the first, the the first Halloween in this trilogy, I thought was legitimately good. Like I thought it was the second best one overall in the whole series. So, uh, kind of glad it's over. It's time for a break. As a matter of fact, I don't think they should ever make another Halloween movie. Oh, that you know that ain't gonna happen. I know, but like, think about it. Think about this. We haven't had an Elm Street movie since 2010. Because they suck. They suck at making them. We haven't had a Friday the 13th movie since 2009. Also suck at making them. And have you heard anything about those movies coming back? Uh, I have heard... I know the Elm Street, they have a rights war going on. I I want it was one of them. I don't recall which one. Um but I have heard something. It gotta be the thirteenth because I guess you can never say never because like Scream came back after eleven years. Yeah, you know, Scream Four came out in two thousand eleven. And then the one that came out this year. I can't believe that was this year. Seems like three years ago. Yeah. It's it's crazy, but, dude. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see a good Resurrection Nightmare or Friday the Thirteenth, but time for know. a break on Halloween it's, it's just, at least. Yeah, just you don't need to keep it. You don't need to keep it gory. I know Halloween. That I feel like this Halloween trilogy had a good mix of it. Satisfied the gore fans, but also satisfied the horror fans. Did it need to be a trilogy? I'm saying hard no. no. No, 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 no. Money grab no, checks, did. checks. Jamie Lee Curtis retiring checks, checks. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. And the last thing I watched, kind of dark, honestly. Uh, a documentary on Netflix, The Anthrax Attacks. Yeah, that's pretty dark. Uh, the full title, Anthrax Attacks in the Shadow of 9-11. So if you like history, American history in particular... Um, I would highly recommend this because this is just a cool documentary. It was a, it was a nice blend of like acting and like informational content. Cause you had like the normal documentary stuff with interviews and stuff like that with like people who worked in the post offices during this and investigators and stuff like that. And then you also had like half of it 
was acted out by Clark Gregg playing uh, Bruce Edward Ivins, who was going to be basically charged with the anthrax attacks before he killed himself. So we have Clark Gregg playing him. Clark Gregg, who was Phil Coulson in the MCU, for those who don't know. Um, A really eerie performance by him. And if you don't know anything about the anthrax attacks, basically they started a week after 9-11 happened. And they were initially thought to be like the second wind of the attacks by Al Qaeda. They were that's what they were initially thought to be. And then eventually they were able to trace it to an American lab in DC. And they were even able to trace it to like one in particular beaker that the anthrax came from. Which led them to Bruce Edward Ivins, who was gonna be charged, I think, in like two thousand eight. And he found out they were going to charge him and he killed himself. But it sounds like it was him. There's still some skepticism if it was, but a lot of damning evidence against old Bruce and these anthrax attacks. So if you, if you like American history, if you like, if you like that kind of documentary stuff, I would highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Um, but moving on to our first segment of the night, first award of the night. The Bryce Shaddy Memorial Please Miss Me Award. Bryce, I gotta let you go first since this is your namesake. Fair enough. Fair enough. My Miss Me happens to come from Peacock, NBC streaming service. They're coming out with a movie called The Independent. And this is where you can miss me. John Cena will be starring in this movie. He will be a presidential hopeful giving stump speeches in a tense political climate. Cena's character is seeking to become the first candidate elected without the major or the the backing of a major political party while investigative reporters pursue a career making story about the race. This is slated to come out next week. Is it a comedy? I don't believe so. Oh, wow. John Cena in a dramatic role? From what I can tell, I don't think so. I did not watch the trailer because you can absolutely uh, just miss me on this. Uh, John Cena is president of the United States. Um, Yeah, hard pass. They have Brian Cox in this. Oh, Brian. Brian. You don't need checks. Succession is doing so well. (laughs) Succession, Brian. He's probably he's probably still getting checks from the Bourne trilogy too. Oh, he's got to be. How many times did they release it on DVD? Um, you can miss me on it's this on movie. It's on TV all the time. It, right, literally. Brian, come on. You don't need come to do on, this. Brian. You don't. You you just don't need to do this. Brian Cox, dude. You're better than that. You're better than that. Now, honestly, the funny thing is, Bryce, John Cena being the president, not totally out of the realm of possibility. Dude. Like it's, yeah, it's, I, I know. guess I, it's possible. I I guess. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I agree. You can miss me on that. Miss me yeah, on Peacock please. in general. It's got uh, some stuff. There's some decent stuff on there, but I mean, not not great. Not great. Uh, my miss me. Pretty simple. 
my Miss Me Award goes to Kanye West. <laughs> Kanye, Kanye West. West. I did not see that coming. I'm not even going to lie. Kanye West is claiming that Django Unchained was his idea. And he pitched it to Quentin Tarantino and Jamie Foxx, and they stole it from him. <laughs> oh, wow. He pitched it as an idea for a music video, according to him. And they took it and made it a movie. Miss me. <laughs> Miss me so hard. Miss me so hard, Kanye. Kanye. Something is wrong. Like, I don't want to get too much into it, but I've seen like clips of him. Something's going on. Must be bad when, when you even notice Kanye West... There's something wrong with Kanye or Yay, as he likes to be called. Yay. Something's wrong. Something. Yeah, I, wrong. I'm not trying to offend Kanye West fans, but something's going on. Something's not right. <laughs> something's not right. Uh, so you missed me on that claim. But let's get into it, Bryce. Let's do. Scream it. came out in 1996. Let's break down that year in movies real quick. Movies that came out that year, just for some context for the listeners. Independence Day, one of Will Smith's signature movies. Uh, it was the highest grossing movie of the year by $323 million. So, quite a big chunk. It made like $800 million total, just over just over that. Uh, Twister also came out. The first Mission Impossible movie. The Rock, get a little Michael Bay action. Nicolas Cage, I like it. That movie's good. Yeah, I need to see that. The Rock is good, and but it's in the Criterion Collection, which I don't understand. But it is in, it is a great movie. Interesting. Disney putting out some heaters with The Hunchback of Notre Dame and 101 Dalmatians. The live-action 101 Dalmatians. Hmm. Eddie Murphy in The Nutty Professor. Jerry Maguire, which I'll talk about in just a second. Uh, Space Jam. Probably a lot of people's favorite movie from this year. Space Jam. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Primal Fear, which was Edward Norton's film debut. Uh, Also to be talking about that in just a second. Uh, The People vs. Larry Flint, which is a Woody Harrelson movie that is pretty interesting. Woody Harrelson plays a uh, executive in the porn industry who's being sued by a town and he has to fight back. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. Uh, the English Patient, which won Best Picture. Don't you worry. I'm sure Talk that will that. be talked about. Fargo, which very nearly made my top 10 favorite movies, but it's probably in the top 20, top 25. The Crucible, Miss Me, Romeo and Juliet, uh, one of Leo's like first heartthrob movies. It was like a modern day version of the play. Happy Gilmore, which I'll be curious to see if this makes your Mount Rushmore, Bryce. Happy Gilmore. Okay. Matilda, never saw it, honestly. Never saw you're it. Not, you're not missing much, dude. <laughs> never saw it. Train Spotting, one of the first mainstream uh, Ewan McGregor movies. From Dusk Till Dawn, speaking of Quentin Tarantino, uh, in this movie with George Clooney and Salma Hayek. Really good movie. The Cable Guy, Jim Carrey movie I never saw either, but I heard it's kind of funny. Mars Attacks, Tim Burton movie with Jack Nicholson, and then a couple uh, for comedy 
Or one for comedy for Bryce. <laughs> Leprechaun 4 in space. Oh, jeez. Why? I don't know why, why but I, why? I, I did throw this it This is there. Jason X, man. I, that's what that is. <laughs> Jason X. <laughs> I'd rather watch Jason X. <laughs> and then A Time to Kill, which is one of Matthew McConaughey's first movies, a uh, John Grisham adaptation, which they were shitting those out in Hollywood in the 90s. Yeah, they were. The 69th Oscars for 1996. English Patient won Best Picture. One over Fargo. One over Fargo. Bryce, have you ever, just quick answer, have you ever seen The English Patient? Ever heard of uh, it? No. Okay, Absolutely not. <laughs> Anthony Minghella, best director uh, for The English Patient. One over The Coen Brothers. Jeffrey I've Rush. Heard of the Coen Bros. Yeah, you've heard of them. You've heard of them. Anthony Minghella, actually a good director. He directed The Talented Mr. Ripley, which is a good movie. Oh, that is a good movie. And then uh, Jeffrey Rush won best actor for the movie Shine. Ever heard of that? Uh, no. There you go. Uh, he beat Tom Cruise. For Jerry Maguire, joke, joke. I don't even know what else. To, this is Tom Cruise's best performance. Best, I don't think close either. Best. It's his best performance. Best. It's his best performance as an actor. This is his best performance. Wow. It, it might be his best movie. Wow. I'm very high on this movie. I took it. I, in no, the, no. Uh, I don't think it's his best movie. I that I don't agree with. What's his best movie? I think I think you have to look at Top Gun, and I think you actually have to look at Top Gun Maverick. You do have to look at Top Gun Maverick, yeah. That was awesome. Rain Man? Rain Man, yeah. He's been in some iconic movies. And this, I feel like, was his best performance. Probably his best chance to win an Oscar for Best Actor. At this point, I don't think he's ever going to win one. Just because he doesn't yeah, do he'll movies get like BS this anymore. One. He'll get some BS one, you know. Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. Some, some bullshit. Services to the to the industry. Yeah, whatever. You know how it is. But he should have won for this. He was awesome. He was awesome. There's a it legitimate was. character arc in this movie. I mean, I took it in our sports movie draft last year, and I was happy to get it. Yeah, you, it's yeah, awesome you were. You were. Frances McDormand won Best Actress for Fargo. It was her first Best Actress win. She would go on to win two more. Uh, Rightfully so. Cuba Gooding Jr., Best Supporting Actor for Jerry Maguire. Didn't age well now that we know Cuba Gooding uh, has some hobbies, shall we say. He beat Edward Norton for Primal Fear, which if you've seen Primal Fear, have you seen it, Bryce? I have not. Primal Fear, basically Edward Norton plays two different characters. Two totally different characters. If when you see the movie, you'll know. Okay. And a great a great twist. A great twist. One of the great movie twists of all time, Primal Fear. Uh Juliette Binoche for Best Supporting Actress for the English Patient. No nothing to really talk about there. Uh so basically the Oscars got it wrong. Fargo should have won, Tom Cruise should have won. That's the main point here. Typical. The 96 Mount Rushmore is Bryce. Give me your Washington. My Washington has to be Independence Day. Well, 
It has to be. Dude, not only are you getting Will Smith at his peak. Okay, I know that he's not very popular now, but Will Smith at his peak. Jeff Goldblum probably at his peak. Not to mention the way Bill Pullman delivers his speech. Um, come on, man. Come on, man. Come oh, on, it's man. Movie. It's, it's a great movie. So good. Vivica A. Fox, the lovely Vivica A. Fox. Yep. Great, great film. Great film. Did definitely didn't need a second one. The second one is well, just see see the rock clip talking about Tyrese Tyrese Gibson's album. Uh, if if you really want to know what my thoughts are, yeah, that's my that's my Washington man. It's good. What's yours? My Washington is Fargo. It's okay. Fargo. I'm gonna say something. You God. Look, Fargo is good. Okay. All right. Didn't make my Be list. Be careful. Be careful. It didn't make uh, my list. Look, it's fine. It's a fine movie. It's fine. I got. I got. I got kind of bored. Leprechaun Four make it? It did not. Okay. <laughs> Made it for me. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Mar Fargo. It's my second favorite Cohen movie. My favorite, of course, is No Country. No Country, of course. No Country for Old Men. Of course. You could easily make a case for Frances McDormand as the best actress of all time. And if all I time? was making that case, of all time, yeah. Ooh. Yes, you could easily make the case. If I was making the case, I'm not going to make it. But if I was, I would point to this movie first. This would be my first example. I mean, the Minnesota accent. Minnesota accent. Um, she's actually a good cop, like a believable cop. <laughs> And really? I, like the, I thought she was goofy, man. She was goofy, but I believe she was a cop. You know, I believe she was a cop. If you want to talk goofy in this movie, William H. Macy plays a schmuck. <laughs> he plays a schmuck. He has his wife killed. Yeah, his plan he, didn't he, go very well. He, he basically has his father-in-law killed. Yeah. And then we also have Steve Buscemi playing a scumbag um, who eventually gets, you know, he got meets, what he deserved. Meets the wood chipper. But Fargo, I'm having that be Washington here. Then I'll take the next one. Give me Jerry Maguire. Give me Jerry Maguire. As I said, I think it's the best Tom Cruise performance. Uh, Should have won Best Actor. Just an underappreciated sports movie. And it's kind of a rom-com, too. It's kind of a rom-com, too. It's yeah. good. It's good. Like, if I was sitting down with the lovely Abigail and said... Yeah, let's watch a sports movie. I would start with this because I feel like that would that would soften it, reel her into the genre. Yeah. Then we could watch Rocky. <laughs> That's a good plan. That's a good plan. Yeah, I like yeah. it. All right, my second one. I'm gonna go with Mission Impossible. It's the one that started ah, all. Another Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise movie. Tom Cruise. Heck of a 96 Dominating. year for him. Dominating 96. Absolutely. Very Married nice to job. Nicole Kidman, I think, at this time. Oh, I shouldn't have let that one go. That AMC video that they play every every time, man. Every time. Yeah. Oh. Anyways. Uh, yeah, Mission Impossible. That's right. Um, it's just your classic action film. Your spy action film. It's great. You can't go franchise. wrong with it. You, look, you, you get you get a good cast, which they, they were did, married at the time. Put it together. It's excellent. It's excellent. 
I'm going to go ahead and, and say my number three. Go ahead. I am going to go with Happy Gilmore. It is going to nice. make it. It's a great comedy. Very Shooter nice. McGavin is an all-time vi- sports villain. You could put him up there with, with, uh, with. Well, Apollo Creed's not really a villain, but Ivan Drago. You could put him. Apollo up there Creed was a villain in the first one. He was in the first one. Yeah, sure. But I mean, and Shooter McGavin. Drago, yeah. Dude, yes. did, did, everyone wants to beat Shooter McGavin. I, even when you're watching, you're like, dude, I hope that guy loses. Yep. Every time. Yep. yep. So happy, happy did make my, my, uh, Rushmore. Very nice. My number three is Scream. Had to make it. Had yeah. to make it. Revitalize the horror genre. Well, at the same time, making fun of it. Making fun of it as well. Uh, Wes Craven Renaissance, Courtney Cox at the peak of her powers doing Friends and Scream at the same time. Um, obviously, we're going to spend the rest of this pod on this movie, so I'm not going to go into it that much, but I'll go ahead and say my number four. Also, Happy Gilmore. Okay, Happy Gilmore. okay. Is it the best Sandler comedy? Waterboy is up there. It's up there. Billy Madison? No, no. I, I You don't like Billy Madison? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But I I would say Gilmore, probably. And one of the great cameos in history, Bob Barker. Yeah. Throws one a mean punch. Throws a, a mean right punch. hook. Yeah. Throws a mean right hook. What's your four? My number four is Scream, because you have to have Very it on nice. there. You have yeah, to I mean, it just—I mean, it's what we're what we're talking about. It's one of my favorite, probably my favorite horror movie. Honestly, um, I've seen a lot oh, of the too. the OGs. I've seen a lot of the new ones. It's just—it's it, got a good plot. You don't really see it coming. Um, good kills. Acting is pretty decent. You have an all-star cast. I like it, man. I, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I could watch it any day. Well, let's just get right into it. Scream, released on December 20th, 1996. Directed by Wes Craven, the horror master. Written by Kevin Williamson. Starring David Arquette, who got top billing over Nev Campbell, which I thought was interesting. Built big time, man. And he got top billing in the rest of the movies. Except the fifth one. Which I thought was <laughs> weird. Well, but starring David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Skeet Ulrich, Jamie Kennedy, and Drew Barrymore for about five minutes. 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Bryce, it's too low. It's too low of a rating. I agree. I agree. Got to be 7.7 at least. If not eight. I, if I not mean, eight. yeah, it's one of the highest rated horror movies of all time. So, I mean, it, it does have that, but yes, it should be higher. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars in his review. That tells you anything. Some talking points here. I mean, this movie, like we said, directly acknowledges horror movie tropes that even movies that Wes Craven made that came before it. Like, it references Halloween and Friday the 13th by name. I mean, hell, in the first scene... Ghostface is giving her a quiz over 
horror movies. <laughs> it was like the first the first horror movie to actually acknowledge other horror movies. Yeah, I mean, it, it was well. We've talked about it. It's it almost kind of spoofed some of the other horror movies. It did, but it was so well put together that you. It, it's funny, but it's scary at the same time. Yeah, because you have Sydney talking about she. Her line is like, "You have a big-breasted girl running up the stairs when she should be running out the front door." It's insulting. Something, something like that. Uh, the entire character of Randy, who just seems to be there to explain how to, how I you survive a horror him. movie, I love Me him too, so much, man. Me too. Why? Because I feel I feel like that's you. I feel like you're Randy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And that's actually, not a slight. Gonna... That's not even a slight at you. No, actually, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to do this now. It's kind of cutting into our comedy segment. I was actually going to say. Randy is Caleb. <laughs> Randy is Caleb. Because okay, the way I can see that too. The way, the way he frantically explains things. No, 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 no. Let me tell you. Let me no, tell you. Wrong, wrong. <laughs> yeah, like Randy explaining the rules of the horror movie uh, at the end. That is like Caleb explaining the rules of the fantasy football league. That's basically yeah. what it is. So kind of cutting in the comedy segment, but Randy, RIP. I didn't want him to die in the second. Yeah, for pretty, real, man. He didn't deserve it. He's a good pretty kid. Pretty brutal death. Yeah, he, he didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve it. But you have Randy literally explaining the rules of the horror movies. They're literally watching Halloween at the end of the movie, referencing Jamie Lee Curtis by name. It's crazy. It's crazy. They're even talking about Wes Craven's own movies. Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street. You think they got permission to do that? Probably. <laughs> Wes. Wes, goat. Wes coming in and clutch. The movie did something that like no no uh, horror movies did before it. it. It cast well-known actors like Courtney Cox was one of the biggest stars at the time. She was in Friends. Yeah. Which was probably the biggest show on TV. Probably that or Seinfeld. Uh David Arquette had been famous. Henry Winkler, who played the principal. He was in Happy Days. And of course, Drew Barrymore. We'll talk about her role in this movie uh, near the end with the fun facts. But it's just, it revitalized the genre. Like this genre was dead in the 90s. Like They were remaking Psycho in the 90s. You had fucking Leprechaun 4 in space. Oh, dear God. You know, we're joking about Jason X, but Fucking Jason X, like you had these dog shit movies, and this movie came out and was like making fun of it while at the same time dominating it. Like the first scene, which I think is, well, let's just get into it now. The best scene. This was the only scene I had written down because I didn't think anything else in the movie compared for compared to it. And they had to nail this scene because if you're gonna make fun of the genre for the rest of the movie. You have to prove that you know what it takes to be in the genre. And that's what this scene did, Bryce. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it's the perfect setting before you even get to where it goes, where it says scream across the screen. You know, I and, and it, it caps off the the opening sequence beautifully yeah. right down to it. And 
I haven't seen a horror scene like it. That just doesn't turn out to be just gore and I mean, just brutality. I mean, this scene was brutal. Don't get me wrong. Bunnings. Disembowelments. Yeah. Two disembowelments in one scene. It was brutal, but it was. I'm going to sound weird when I say this, but it was almost masterful. It was, it was just, it was just, it was just something about, it was just something to see, man. As soon as the first time I watched it, right. The man was a master of the genre. What's great. I was like, I'm like, okay. I was just in awe. Like, and I know that sounds weird. Cause I don't get in awe with stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, it's another slasher movie. That's all it is. But it was so well written, well choreographed. It was beautiful. And going back to some for the genre there, Zach, Wes Craven had actually released a horror movie two years before Scream came out. Do you know what that movie was? I think it was Wes Craven's New Nightmare. It was New Nightmare. Yeah. Not yeah. great. Not so great, this is also, also a bounce similar. back. Yes, yes, a bit, massive bounce back. Similar in that Wes Craven's New Nightmare is about people making a movie about Freddy Krueger. Yeah, right. And in this one, it's like they're making a movie making fun of scary movies. But yes, to your point, absolutely a bounce back for this guy. I don't know that anyone else could have done it. I know he didn't write it, but the way he directed it, he, like you said, he's he's a master of the genre. He knows what it takes. He put this together. R.I.P. You got Drew Barrymore for it. That's how you you start off with a bang. And now you got me the rest of the movie. They, he had me the rest of the movie. There was no way I, I was turning that off. There's been horror no. movies where I just I just lose interest. Yes. I was in it to the very end. They absolutely reeled you in here because you have Barrymore, who's one of the up and coming big stars at the time. And you thought and she was going to so- last. She was going to make it. Like, you're oh, yeah. okay, she's in it. Like, okay. You're like, wow, Drew Barrymore is going to be the star of the movie. She's on the poster. And she dies in the first five minutes. Not only dies, like I said, fucking disemboweled and hung from a tree <laughs> in her front yard. For her parents to For find. her parents to come home and see. Yeah. So, it did a couple things with that. It, it shocked the audience. Being like, oh shit. Like, we're not, this isn't the movie we thought it was going to be. And also shows them, like, okay, anybody can die now. Anybody in the movie can die. You also if you're very more died, anyone else can. Do you also feel like this kind of kicked off the new age of, of like, young, teen, tweeny, like, horror, like, castings? You know, when you, when you think about, like, Final Destination, Right. Kind of kind of the same like age range that they're kind of in college, high school type thing. I know they're high school in this one, but moving forward, I kind of kicked off the new age of of horror, too. I think a little bit did a little modernized. I mean, in this one, it's kind of goofy looking at them now, but like they had cell phones in this movie. They had computers. Yeah. Like you hadn't seen that really before. We're getting off the camp stuff. You know, oh, we're going to camp, yes. and then we all die. Great. The camps, the the babysitters. Yeah, you're getting off that stuff. With this one, it's like okay, a small like college town. This is like wine country. It seemed like 
Right. Like you, you have. Well, and it's your own. It's your own town folk that have that are murderers. Yeah, and it's not some like mythical creature like like Freddy or or. Yeah, it's almost the Jason. realism horror era, if you will. I like that Ghostface isn't just one person, like you were saying. Like Ghostface See, can be anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and it also led to one like of the biggest mantle. plot twists in in a horror film that I've seen. A good twist, actually, where you're like, okay, right. that was stupid. Miss me on that, please. You know, two two like, killers, two two killers. I can't imagine seeing it for the. Well, I when I saw it for the first time, I couldn't believe it because I, I couldn't either. I actually, wasn't sure. I couldn't figure out who the killer was the first time I saw it. I could because there's certain points. Like they they try and make you think that it's Randy, that it's Sydney's dad, that it's uh, even the principal at one point. They yeah. kind of hint that yeah. like the principal's the killer, and then Wes is like, "Nah, I'm just kidding. LOL, he's dead." No, actually, we're gonna gut him too. Uh, and at the end of it, you're like, "Yeah, I probably should have seen that Stu was involved because he was a straight psychopath in the whole movie." Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. But they do a good job of at least hiding Billy's involvement because Billy was like, the trusted boyfriend. He was the trusted boyfriend. He also didn't have a mom in his life, much like Sydney. He seemed seemed to be a good boyfriend, like you said. Seemed to be. Yeah. Obviously he wasn't. Um <laughs> what else? Obviously yeah, obviously, wasn't. obviously not a great boyfriend. Um Another killing happens when Billy's locked up, so you're kind of meant. You're kind of yeah. It throws you off the scent. Led led to believe he's not involved. Yeah, it throws you off the scent. So uh, it was really just, shocking. Oh, it's so well crafted. It's it's incredible, man. You you have no idea if anyone look if anyone comes to me and says, "Yeah, I knew who it was the whole time." No, you didn't. Bullshit. No, Bullshit. I don't believe you. You knew there were you, two killers. Yeah, you knew there were two. I no, no, I don't buy it. You know, now that I'm thinking about it. Have any of the movies just been one killer? The third one was just one, right? Mm-hmm. The third one. Sc- I think that was it. Scream 4. Scream 4, I think there were two. It wasn't just Colkin Roberts? Colkin. The other Colkin. The third Colkin. You remember? Yeah, Rory, no, I Rory do. Culkin. Rory Culkin. Uh, yeah. Rory Culkin. And then of the course, lesser uh, Culkin. the lesser Culkin, the forgotten Culkin. Yes. And then, uh, of course, in the new one, there were there were two killers. So Ugh. now you're kind of expecting it, but of course, when the new one came out, it's like never, never, never would have expected. You're no, led to believe not. it's like four four different directions, and that was not one of them. Best scene. Uh, do you have any other ones? That was the only one I had. You could say the ending scene at Stu's house as well. The ending scene, I think some of the kills were really well thought out. Okay, you mentioned the garage door one a couple days ago when we were talking about this pod. Yeah. The garage door killing. Tough, oh, we'll tough to, to watch. Kills. But I mean. Well, let's get into the kills. Okay. Let's get into the kills. Who got kills. it the worst? The segment. You mentioned it. Um, Tatum. Played by Rose McGowan, getting crushed in her own garage door. Oh, she'll neck. come back up, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't expect that, did you? All right. 
All right. Rose McGowan playing Tatum gets the net crush on the garage door. You hear it. You hear like the melon smashing sound. Uh, Drew Barrymore, of course, disemboweled and hung from a tree. Steve, the boyfriend, gutted on the back porch. Hot and weary. Not <laughs> killed in this movie. Played by Liam Schreiber for like five seconds. You see him on a TV. Cotton Weary, who was convicted of killing Sydney's mom before we find out it was actually Billy and Stu. That's my, he got it the worst. Cotton Weary, wrongfully convicted for the murder, ends up saving Sydney's ass and Scream 2. Saving her life. Yeah. Literally at the end. So the other ones, the principal. Demise. He also meets his demise in the third one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> principal Hembry, played by Henry Winkler, stabbed to death in his office. We later learned that he was hung from the goalposts on the football field. <laughs> yeah. Weird dude, Principal Hembry. Weird, weird dude. Yeah, but he didn't deserve to die. No, he's a creep. He was a creep. I guess. He, he was a creep, and I'm going to point the one scene that proves he was a creep, Bryce. Okay, fine. When, Let's hear it. When Sydney is called to his office to meet with the cops, what does he do? Do you remember what he did? No. He rubbed his hand on Sydney's face. <laughs> creep. Come on. Creep. Uh, he's a creep. I'm not saying he deserved to die, but he's a creep. Okay. He's at least right, a creep. Fine. Uh the cameraman, I forget his name. I forget his name, but he had his throat slashed. He was yeah, innocent in all this. Massaville. He was exactly. innocent. He was only he was. he was. There's no way he was getting paid enough. There's no way. No, he was most likely that. underpaid. <laughs> he was just trying to chill in the truck, man. He was just trying to watch the, the footage. And then we have Stu stabbed by Billy and then he got his skull crushed by a TV. Not great. And then Billy, great. of course. No. A little bit of electrocution, it seemed like. And then Billy, of course, stabbed multiple times and then capped in the head. Bryce, who are you going with here? Who got it the worst? The I'm absolute go worst. Probably an unpopular pick. But Steve. Steve, the Steve. boyfriend? Steve, the boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> look, look, listen. His name wouldn't be Steve, okay. would it? Yeah. Look, I've been there. Okay. No one's home. I want to go over, watch a movie to girl. Okay. Dude, dude is just probably looking for some action. Okay. I get it. Looking for some action. And now he's tied to a chair and gutted because old sis there can't answer a question. She got it wrong. She got it wrong, she dude. She got the and question died. wrong. And and now and now he died. And for for what? It was a senseless killing. Hey, he didn't have to die. He didn't. And no. So that's 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 who I think got with, got it the worst. Steve. Wow. I didn't think you were gonna go with Steve. I, yeah, I told you, dude. I told you. Oh, Unpopular wow. pick. Well, I'm going with. Uh, it's tough. 
Go with the cameraman. The cameraman is just trying to make a paycheck, man. He's just trying to make a paycheck. <laughs> He's just trying to chill in the van and eat his snacks and, and watch the footage. And he ends oh, up. Oh man. He ends up getting his throat slashed and thrown on top of the van. It's not. It's not great. It's not the kind of severance he was hoping for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, no, I don't think that's no. I don't think that's it. No. Probably not. <laughs> well, some comedy we talked about it. You think I am Randy. I think Caleb is Randy. I can see both sides. I can see both sides. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> the fact that Stu is just a straight psychopath. Like he doesn't have any motives. He's just like, yeah. He's just I, I in just it. Like, he's like, yeah, I just sure. Like killing. Yeah, I just like killing. Yeah, he's just a straight sociopath. Yeah, I'm down. Sure, sure. Rooney, <laughs> absolutely simping for Gail Weathers. Simping. And Bryce, why don't you the take this time sign. to to go over our good friend David Arquette? Well, so so we're sitting there. Well, we need some context first because it's just kind of random in a screen pod, but. Or Zach had mentioned, he's like, David Arquette was in wrestling. I said, yeah, you don't know that story? He's like, no. I was like, okay, well, guess what? I'm going to tell it on the pod. So here I am telling him. Here we are, story time. So Zach knows a little bit. Okay. So in 2000, uh, David Arquette was brought to WCW, who was rivaling WWE at the time um, and beating them in ratings. And this was just another ploy. Uh, by both sides, by Arquette's side and WCW for some ratings. So David Arquette shows up one night, 2000, at the WCW show and ends up becoming the world heavyweight champion, Okay, which threw hardcore wrestling fans into a rage. Thought it was disrespectful to wrestling. Um, They thought what WCW did was disrespectful. Arquette was disrespecting um, the art of wrestling. And this was all because David Arquette was actually promoting a movie. He was promoting a movie called Ready to Rumble, also released in 2000. The plot of the movie is two slacker wrestling fans are devastated by the ousting of their favorite character by an unscrupulous promoter. So it's a wrestling film. Who also starred Scott Kahn. Not great. And Rose McGowan. Oh, was also in this film. Martin Landau was also in this film. Oh, stole stole the Oscar from Samuel L. Jackson. Stole it. (laughs) Well, this movie only got a 5.3 on IMDb, which is shocking that it actually got a 5.3. Nonetheless. So anyway, fast forward 18 years to 2018. David Arquette looks to pay his penance and pay his due. To the wrestling community. Yeah. Now, there's a couple theories before I get into this. There's a couple theories. One was David Arquette wanted to make peace. What with, year is this? 2014? This is 20, 2018. 2018. 2018. But also, David Arquette was filming Recent. a documentary about himself. So they thought this was maybe a PR stunt to make his documentary look awesome. Well, David Arquette just didn't decide to get into the ring for regular wrestling, Zach, he decided to challenge Nick Gage. 
Okay. Now I'm sure you haven't heard that name before. Have you? Okay. I am a little educated about Nick Gage. Okay. I watched a uh, short documentary on him uh, recently, actually. Nick Gage is the self-proclaimed king of the hardcore wrestling death match. Oh, damn. So I, you're probably intense. thinking that's ridiculous, right? You're probably thinking, it sounds what does that intense. mean? It may, may seem intense. And Zach, I'm, I'm going to be honest. He declares himself the king, this Nick Gage guy. And I think he's right because he's almost died a few times uh, doing this death, death core match. Okay. Well, David Arquette okay. decided that he was going to challenge him to a hardcore death core match. 2018. Okay. So David Arquette and Nick Gage, they meet and they just, dis- they discuss how the match should go. Okay. So they do this. David Arquette only gives Nick Gage one rule, one rule. Please don't hurt my face. It's what I use to make money. Please do not injure my face. Okay. Fair, fair, yeah. right? Totally yeah. fair. Well, Nick Gage is not a, uh, he's not one for rules. The rule follower. No. So at one point uh, during the match, Nick Gage pulls out his, um, his signature weapon that he uses a pizza cutter. Wow. And, uh, and I'm talking about a real life pizza cutter. I'm not, I'm not, it's not plastic, Zach. I'm not, I'm not even joking. Like the one that rolls? Yes. Ah. He drags it across the forehead of David Arquette and draws blood. And not only oh. that, he sticks it in his mouth and draws blood from inside his mouth. Now, at this point, oh David Arquette is pissed. Okay, he's pissed. Well, yeah. So they also use an, another, they use this other weapon, if you will, and deathcore matches they use light tubes okay so think about in our office zach we have the light tubes correct that's what i'm talking about halogen light tubes well nick gage breaks one off over david arquette's back and has a jagged piece okay nick gage had planned it out where you know he would he would you know maybe just cut him a little bit well david arquette moves and it goes right into david arquette's neck Oh, at this point, Nick Gage, actually, he admittedly said, he said, I think I just killed David Arquette. Blood is spurting everywhere. The shards of glass are lodged in David Arquette's skin out of his neck. David Arquette is frantically keeping pressure on his neck while blood is oozing from his body. Now, all Jesus. props to David Arquette. He finishes the match. He leaves the ring for a minute, kind of kind of gets it looked at, and comes back in the match. He looks like he was actually in a real-life Scream movie by the time he was done with this. Damn. But he did earn the respect of wrestling fans and Nick Gage. <laughs> Shut up. Holy shit. So there you go. I bet you didn't see that coming, did you? No. Dude, so there you go. There's my David Arquette story. Almost died in the ring. Literally, literally, almost died. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, here I found it. After the match, he went to a hospital and was operated on. Arquette would later state that he was done with death matches. Really? You don't say. You don't say. Why is that? 
<laughs> you don't say. Why is that, David? Why? Something happened? That's insane, dude. That's insane. Props to you, Bryson. That was a damn good story time. <laughs> so there you go. Now you I know more I, about I didn't expect Kettle. that. I, didn't I told expect you. That. I told you. You're, you're going to have no idea. No. I had no idea. Jeez. <laughs> well, let's finish off the comedy segment with that. Uh, you can also put that in Who Got It The Worst, David Arquette yeah. against Nick Gage. Ghostface, clumsy and unathletic. Oh. He falls, falls all over the place. Like, he's very fast, very nimble. And it's, it's, self level it's so funny. It makes me laugh every time, like, trying to watch him just run around. Stealth level is off the charts. Oh, yeah. Oh, by far. It is funny. You know what I always laugh at? And it's weird. So, (laughs) right before Rose McGowan dies in this movie, she goes up to Ghostface trying to get back in the house, thinking it's Randy. (laughs) And she was like, oh, you big bad Ghostface. And he, like, just nods. He's like, yes, yes. Oh, am I supposed to be scared now? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, am I going to die? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I just think it's hilarious. Oh, he gets hit with a, with a freezer door. He gets knocked over by a couple of beer bottles. Like, he falls down easily. Yes. And I wish we could go it's back like and figure out. He is like a gazelle. I wish we could go back and figure out like who was Ghostface at which point in the movie. Like, was that Stu or was that, that Billy? That is a great question. I always wondered that. Do you think Stu? I I could see Stu being more clumsy. Like, who was it in the Drew Barrymore scene? Was it Stu or was it Billy? I don't know. Good question. I don't, I don't know. know. I would love. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Wes, speak to us. Wes, who was it? The Block in the Back Award for the most brainless decision. The police letting Billy go after having him in custody. Okay, they didn't know. They didn't know. Come on. They didn't they know. The they had one of the killers in custody. They let him go. Also, the twist at the end, Billy's motive is that Sydney's mom had an affair with his dad. We see the dad in this movie briefly, no. very briefly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When Billy is arrested, we see him for like two minutes. I thought my only gripe honestly is that maybe we get a little more of the dad since he's like really involved in the motive to kill Sydney. Maybe. That's fair. Also, how do you think he reacted when he finds out that his son was a serial killer and he died? Pretty brutal death. I don't know. Probably blame the police. He seemed to blame the police when he got arrested. So blame somebody else. <laughs> blame somebody else. But like they had him. They had him. Uh, Gail not checking the safety on the gun. Schmuck. 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 And then the cameraman forgetting the 30 second delay on the footage and then leading to his death ultimately. 
I'm going with the police. I have to go with the police. Oh, come on. I No, I think it's got to be Gail. You have, have an opportunity. No, it was a plenty of evidence. Come on. They had the phone. They had the phone. Come on. They come on. The phone. That was fine. I'm going with Gail for getting the safety. You have an opportunity to end it. She did have an opportunity. And you listen, they didn't have at least have like a guy's stationed outside Billy's house after they let him go. The Could Billy would have sca- it would have like snuck out or something. I'm giving it to the cops. <laughs> stand by it. I guess yeah, stand by it. Bryce, your big winner for this movie. Who you got? My big winner. Who won the movie? I think it's Sydney. Women power, dude. Women power. Strong women empowerment in a in a horror flick. Another final girl. Where do you where An do you see it? final girl? Yeah. Where do you where you don't I don't think you see it a ton. Obviously you see it on Halloween. Yes. But another one. Who who are you betting on to survive longer in a horror movie? Sydney or Lori? Lori. It's a good question. It's a good question. They make a hell of a team. They would. I yeah, absolutely. They make a hell of a team. I don't know. I'd probably go Lori, but it's close. It's close. Lori came first. Lori came first. Yeah, she did. I'm going with Nev Campbell because you became the face of a franchise and you probably did not expect that when you took this role. Oh, yeah. But the checks must be insane. We will get into Nev Campbell in just a little bit here. Just a little bit. I want to introduce a new segment. The Caleb Lane Memorial Rankum segment. Rankum. Caleb, you know, he loves he loves rankings. He loves to tell us to rank them. <laughs> Rank them. It's the trademark Caleb text. Rank them. Rank them. Rank them. <laughs> so Bryce, we're going with the Scream franchise. All right. So okay. five installments in the franchise. We're not counting the TV series. Um, just the movies. So Bryce, give me give me your number five. Well, I think we can go with number five together here, Zach. It's Scream Four. It is Scream Four. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And the fact that you feel like you can bring back Hayden Panettiere for the, the new one for Scream 6 is an absolute joke. Yeah, I don't... Um, um, so miss me. Scream 4, it's terrible. Hayden Panettiere coming back, reprising her. I swear she died. I swear she died in the fourth one. Well, but, I guess you're going to have to go watch it, won't you, Zach? I suppose. <laughs> but... Bryce, I actually have a... I told you about this at work. I actually... Found Roger Ebert's review for Scream 4, and it came with an audio clip of him actually talking about this movie. Oh, boy. He felt the need to make a clip about it, and here is that clip right here. And I've got to say, in all honesty, um, it's the biggest piece of dog shit. That's Roger Ebert talking about Scream 4. And what oh, Roger! I didn't know that you uh, your voice got deeper. <laughs> yeah, it's just really an interesting clip. You got me on that. that. Felt, you got me on that. He felt the need to do it. Right, <laughs> your number four, your number four installment. I'm going with Scream Two. I actually enjoy it. 
I enjoy this movie. Where I don't like Scream 4, I really enjoy the second one. I like the college setting. Uh, rest in peace, Randy. And you get some yes. big time actors. Like, you get Timothy Oliphant. I love Leah Driver. Like, some big name, Jerry O'Connell. Jada Pinkett. <laughs> yeah. Some yeah, big actors yeah. in this. Um, my number four is actually Scream 2022. Ah. It was fine. I didn't love that they killed Dewey this time because it's kind of the running joke of the whole franchise. Dewey, you know, gets stabbed a couple times, but he survives all the time. They finally kill him this time. Really sad. He didn't have to die, in my opinion. No, he didn't but have to. Nonetheless, they did it. So, Scream 2022, my number four. That's my number three. Uh, Scream. Scream 2022. I thought it was a great sequel. Uh, definitely an improvement over the fourth one. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the back half of it. The ending was kind of a little convoluted for me. Not like the other ones aren't convoluted, but this one was just like, eh, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really buying the motives here. Yeah. I liked the uh, Billy flashbacks though. I enjoyed those. Yeah, it's not bad. That was kind of nice. Bad. What you got for number three? Mine is Scream 2. Scream 2. I, I, like you said, I enjoyed the cast. I like the setting. Um, good kills. Scream 2. My number three. My number two is Scream 3. As is mine. Scream 3. As is mine. Good. I get, it's actually the lowest rated one. On IMDb, I couldn't believe it. Which is crazy because I, I, again, I like the Hollywood setting. I think it's fun. Me too. The movie within a movie. Right. Literally. Literally. So much to love about that one. We're talking Lewis about rated. convoluted endings. It had like a five something. Bullshit. Come on. Come on. Great kills in it. If you want to talk about over the top endings, this one. Yeah. Hell yeah. His long, long lost brother supposedly is the killer. So, and I'm okay with I, that. I'm I'm okay with that uh, that storyline there. Keep it in the family, I guess. Yeah, which it plays into the mom. Like it all goes back to her mom, you know. So, and then number one, got to be the OG. Got to be the OG. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we've been talking about it all night. I don't think I need to rehash. Scream Six is coming on March 31st of next year. But it won't have Nev Campbell. It will not Joe. have Nev Campbell. Joe. Not Joe. because she was killed off. Not because Miss Campbell didn't want to come back. But because apparently Paramount didn't want her back. Here is a quote from Nev Campbell on why she's not in the sequel. <laughs> quote, I felt the offer that was presented to me didn't equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. It's been a very difficult decision to move on. To all the Scream fans, I love you. You've always been so incredibly supportive to me. I'm forever grateful to you and to what this franchise has given me over the past 25 years. Paramounts. Schmuck. Give him the block in the back. Dumb. Dumb. You have, you have to... You have to... She is the franchise. It's not... Oh, if we lose her, it'll be okay. No. No, 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 no. No, unless you are going to do, you, unless you're going to do a pass off, 
you have to have her in it. I know you have money. You just you just release a streaming service. I know you're making money. Stop making stupid Yellowstone spinoffs and pay Nev Campbell, please. Thank you. Quit making your Halo TV shows. It's just yeah, it sucks. I don't get it because like Dewey is dead. I don't. What do you have left? They're probably gonna kill Gale in this one. If I had to guess, so like be popular. What are the odds on? Well, the odds on kill Gale? Yeah. I'd say 50-50. Here are 50-50 chance. So, I don't know. Such I just... I feel like... This would be like a Transformers movie without Optimus Prime or something like that. <laughs> like I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, I don't understand. Man. Joke. Uh, casting for this movie... Drew Barrymore was initially supposed to play Sydney Prescott. She signed on to this movie to play Sydney Prescott. However, she had some unexpected commitments come up, forced her to take a smaller role, Casey Becker, who was killed, of course, at the beginning. It was considered a massive risk to kill her off, but it also gave the impression that any character could die according to Wes Craven. And he was right. True. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brooke Shields audition for the role of Gail Weathers. No. What do you think of that? No. Miss me. No. Miss me. No. Courtney Cox was not initially pursued by the production team. She wanted to play the role because she was interested in playing a quote, bitch character. As opposed to her nice image on Friends as Monica. And it worked. And it worked. It worked. she's still in it. She's still in it. David Arquette initially approached to play Billy. No, thank you. I think that could have been interesting. Too old. Fair. Looks He looks too old. Fair. I don't think he could have pulled off the high schooler. Probably not. I don't think he... Probably not. Ski Ulrich casts Billy Loomis... Producers viewed him as perfect for the role, quote-unquote, because of his resemblance to Johnny Depp in Wes Craven's previous film, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Look, man, all I'm saying is Skeet Ulrich is a nice-looking dude back in the 90s. I was looking up stuff about Skeet Ulrich, and he was, like, billed as the next Johnny Depp. Like, he is the next movie star, and it did not pan out. Now he's doing Billy flashbacks in the sequels. So there's that. Matthew Lillard, when he auditioned for the role, he initially auditioned for Billy. And the producer said he got into the role with, quote, incredible ferocity, which is very obvious. (laughs) You (laughs) don't say. You don't say. Great run in the late 90s, early 2000s for Matthew Lillard. Oh, yeah. Shaggy and Stu. Great. Great. Randy, Seth Green, and Jason Lee. Jason Lee, who played Earl in My Name is Earl. <laughs> I could see Seth in the Green, running. not Jason Lee. <laughs> they were in the running before Jamie Kennedy was cast. So I, I can't see anyone besides Jamie Kennedy doing it. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I really could see Seth Green doing it, though. Seth Green, maybe. I could also see Seth Green as one of the killers. 
Yeah, he could have been pretty good. And then some fun facts to round us out here. Movie was originally called Scary Movie. Which ironically, again, I told you this. I mean, the first uh, the first scene of Scary Movie, the spoof horror film, was right. this the opening scene to Scream, Carmen Electra. Scream. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't change the name of the movie until about six months before it came out. So they made this movie completely under the title of Scary Movie, which is just crazy. <laughs> Kevin Williamson, the writer, wrote the full script while secluded in Palm Springs over the course of just three days. So he he wrote this movie in three days. That is freaking impressive. His agent warned him that the gore and violence would make the script impossible to sell. Okay. So to do that, he made outlines for potential sequels to try and entice the buyers. And it worked. Miramax purchased the script. Made They made him remove a lot of the gory stuff. Apparently this was like way more intense and detailed. Like you would see organs slipping down Drew Barrymore's Ooh. leg. Ooh. Like it was initially rated NC-17. And they Ooh. had to... They had to submit it to the rating agency eight times to get it in our rating. <laughs> That's how many times they had to edit it to make it not NC-17. Oh, Insane. Wow. I, I don't know that I could have taken much more than what they did, honestly. It was pretty gory. A lot of blood. A lot of blood. Fair. Uh, he was paid 400000 That's it. For the script, plus two L, sequels. L, fumbled, bag, fumbled. A couple, a couple of directors that were in the running before Wes Craven. Robert Rodriguez. No, thank you. No. Sam Raimi. Maybe. Maybe. And George A. Romero one of the pioneers of the genre. I don't, I don't think, think so. he could have done it. I don't think so. The right no. guy got it, of course. Yes. Um, Craven denied it multiple times until he learned Drew Barrymore had signed on. And of course, he ended up screwing himself because she couldn't be in the full movie. So he locked himself into this deal. <laughs> Tough. Well, hey, you do with what you got. But, it ended up being great. He came back to do Scream 2, 3, and 4. Fifth one was dedicated to him. So, ended up great. Left, left Bryce, great pod. Thanks for coming on. What do we have on Linsanity? Well, uh, we just had our uh, our week seven pod with you, actually. You and, uh, of course, Caleb on there. We had a great time oh, last yes. night. Had a great time tonight. And we're just going to keep NFL stuff rolling, man. Next week, week eight. Um, trade deadline is is uh, next week. So uh, we'll be recording after the trade deadline. So hopefully we got some other stuff to talk about. So that's what we got. Beautiful. Be on the lookout for Alex and JD's NBA pods as well. Fantasy Hoops is back, Bryson. That's right. Fantasy, That's right. Fantasy sports in full swing right now. I'm trying to beat our boy DJ Deke this week. Um, after after beating JD last week, I that was a that was a great win. Great well, win. You need your me. guys to play. I need Paul George to get over his non-COVID illness, according to ESPN. 
And I just learned that Brandon Ingram is not making the three-game road trip for the Pelicans. Oh, so that's, no. So that's great. Oh, no, that's great. no, no. That's great. Great news for me. <laughs> great news for me. Waivers, here I come. Bryce, have a good one. Who do you got in the game tonight? Bucks, Give me the Ravens. Ravens. Give me the Ravens. Ravens. Give me the Ravens, Ravens by double digits. Oh, yeah, baby. Ravens by double digits. Folks, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>